My name is Ephraim Pena. I am the campus pastor here at Southfield Santa Clarita, and it is truly uh, an honor and a joy to have you with us this morning. Uh, we hope that uh, this won't be the last time you hang out with us. Uh, if you're visiting us online as well, we want to say welcome to you. Um, we have been in this series uh, called uh, Christmas at South Hills. Now, this series is about understanding the season of Advent right, uh, or the coming of the Messiah, our Savior Jesus, and how we could turn down the volume of the chaos of life around us, right? If we could turn down the volume of the chaos around us and prepare our hearts and our minds to uh, for God to, to come in and re-engage our stories, re-engage our lives in surprising new ways with a, a fresh sense of hope, a fresh sense of peace, joy, and love. And so over the last several weeks, we've addressed these things. We've addressed hope. We've addressed uh, peace and joy. And today we're going to focus on love. We're going to focus on love. And so as I do every week, I want to ask you a question, right, just to get your uh, juices flowing up there. Uh, does anybody have Christmas rules, right? And by that, I mean uh, the things that, that, that you do to prepare every year for Christmas, the when, the how-tos, the do's, and the don'ts, uh, the don'ts. Anybody have Christmas rules? Like when you're going to set up, the Christmas tree has to be set up on this date, right? Or we have to put the stockings first, right, uh, before we do anything else. Like, like how do you find out the people in your family, how do you find out what they want for Christmas, or is there a certain certain order you do things in your home to prepare for Christmas? Do you have a, a specific Christmas menu that you have for the holidays, or or do you have a secret grandma recipe that only you can can see and 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 know? You don't want to share it, right? Those are the Christmas rules. Anybody raise your hand? Just showing. Okay, some of you don't even have anything. What do you do for the holidays? Like, how do you, how do you manage there? Like, oh, I don't want to go to your house. Now, it's such a unique time. We blend, uh, we have a tendency to blend the spiritual and the secular together. We blend the religious and the retail together. This, this kind of a, a sense of global community, if you would, to one of the two holidays that are almost universally celebrated by both believers, Christians, and non-believers. Christmas is that season, the other one being uh, obviously Easter. And so we've, we've, over the last several weeks, we've referenced Scott Erickson from his book, Honest Advent. And I want to, I want to share something because this, this is so powerful. And I want you to, to kind of just pay mind to this. He says, let me give you a couple of personal definitions uh, when talking about spirituality and religion. Spirituality is making the visible, the invisible, visible. Religion is the rituals, the rhythms, and practices we form to connect to that visibility. We make up songs and sermons and, and little performance art pieces to help us put shape and physical presence to a happening we find ourselves historically distanced from. 
In other words, there's a lot of things that we put into play in order to tap into, in order to connect what took place many, many, many years ago. Listen, Christmas can be a religious experience for everyone from this perspective. We want everything in place to remind us of our childhood wonder and the other warm feelings that come with this season. Each year, we want Christmas to be somewhat unforgettable, right? We want Christmas. We buy more decorations. Like the ones we had last year were not enough. Right? We buy, we want to see the tree like till the limbs are just hanging because we want this particular ornament to be on it. We add more recipes to the, to the entourage of, of the list of things that we are already baking and making because we want to do everything and anything possible to make this Christmas. As soon as we start to put the trees, uh, the trees come down and the decorations are put away till next year. And truth be told, we're not really sure what 2021 will be like. We're not really sure what it will bring. And we fear that we may never know normal again. I remember walking into, uh, yesterday, I walked into the optometry with Sophia. Uh, If you didn't see her, she was wearing glasses for the first time. Please acknowledge it because she really didn't like wearing the glasses. And so I walked in there and I felt like I was a prisoner. They told me where to sit down. They scanned me and said, don't move. I was like, oh, okay. I only came to pick up something. But that's the, that's the new norm of things. Each week, we, we've, we've asked you, um, oh, excuse me, I'm skipping the part there, but we've been discussing throughout the Advent season that we have expectations that, that we aren't sure will be fulfilled. We live in uncertainty, and there seems to be little joy and peace in our current reality. Each week over the last several weeks here, we've, we've asked you to change your perspective for just a bit. Even if, it's, even if it requires you to be a little uncomfortable so that you can let all of those uncomfortable thoughts be washed away. But I know as well as you know that that's not easy to do. You see, we're just confused as, as Mary, as Joseph, the shepherds, the wise men, Simeon, Elizabeth, and all of the others back then. But that's the majesty. That's the majesty of the Christmas story that we need to tap into this year. That in the middle of uncertainty, that in the middle of doubt, something, something incredible, something unimaginable happened that brought about hope, peace, joy, and love into the world. Like the f- people in the first century, uh, in first century Jerusalem, they had done all of the prep work, right? They had done all of the prep work, and now it was just waiting for what was to come. And in the waiting, they hadn't fixed their hearts on the most important aspect of the coming Messiah. That he, the coming Messiah, Jesus, the Savior of the world, that he would change them in the way that they had not thought of before. Though they should have. Because had they paid enough attention to what was being prophesied, they would have known, they would have somewhat understood what was to come. 
I want to reference scripture here, Zephaniah 3, chapter 3, verses 14 to 20. And this is uh, in the Old Testament. Zephaniah is a minor prophet. And in the minor prophet, he is, he begins to share a little bit. He begins to share a little bit about what was to come. And I'm going to let that plane fly by. Don't you love outdoor services? You just have all these elements that you just enjoy. And so in Zephaniah chapter 3, it says, Sing, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. For the Lord will remove his hand of judgment and will disperse the armies of your enemy. And the Lord himself, the King of Israel, will live among you. At last, your troubles will be over and you will never again feel disaster. On that day, the announcement of Jerusalem will be, check this out, cheer up, Zion. Don't be afraid. For the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty savior. He will take delight in you with gladness. With his love, he will calm all of your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. I will gather you who mourn for the appointed festivals. You will be disgraced no more. And I will deal severely with all who have oppressed you. I will save the weak and helpless one. I will bring together those who were chased away. I will give glory and fame to my former exiles wherever they can, uh, wherever they have been mocked and shamed. On that day, I will gather you together and bring you home again. I will give you a good name, a name of distinction among all the nations of the earth as I restore your fortunes before their very eyes. I, the Lord, have spoken. Zephaniah begins to prophesy about what was to take place. This, this is a passage that would be included in the Messiah monologues of the many that the Hebrew would look to when trying to fully understand this coming Savior and his ways. And there's this beautiful section in this passage when Zephaniah says, in speaking of the Messiah, with his love, he will calm all your fears. With his love, he will calm all of your fears. And in the original language, the idea of with his love, he will calm all the, your fears can literally uh, mean he will cut through all of the other noise. He will cut through all of the other noise that you're experiencing at this moment. He will blaze a path that shuts out the chaos and all that you're left with is his love. All that you're left with is his love. For some of the first century Jews, they missed that part. It was like right over them. They missed that part. They wanted a warrior king to end their oppression. They wanted to stop the taxes. They wanted to banish their enemies. They wanted to restore. They wanted turmoil, but the answer was love. They wanted battle oppressed, overtaxed, surrounded by people who are out to get us. Isn't that the way, isn't that the, the, what we really need as well? Love. 
It will require us, it will require the humility to love them first. Isn't it unimaginable that for all of the commandments and covenants of God that we were given, Jesus trimmed it all down to just one thing, love. Isn't it unimaginable to think that perfect love cast out all fears? Have you ever stopped to think about the term Merry Christmas? We say it a lot during this time of the year, and that's that's to be expected, but Merry Christmas translates to the celebration. Wouldn't that be the perfect greeting from the angels? Celebrate that Christ is born this day in Bethlehem. Merry Christmas, Joseph, you're going to be a father. Merry Christmas, Mary, you're going to have a baby by the Holy Spirit. Merry Christmas, Zachariah, you're going to have a son even though you're old enough to be his grandfather. Merry Christmas, Simeon, you will see the salvation of Israel before you die. That would make absolute sense. Merry Christmas. But in each proclamation that we've read through Scripture over the last several weeks, there was not a Merry Christmas. Instead, there was a phrase from Zephaniah 3.16 that says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Each time the angel visited someone, he said, don't be afraid, for you have a, 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 play to, a part to play in on what's about to happen. Don't be afraid. Luke chapter one, verses 26 through 38, the New Living Translation says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel to Gabriel, to, uh, an angel, the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Verse 30, don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of the ancestor David and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, how can this happen? I'm a virgin. Verse 35, the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy. And he will be called the son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived the son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And the angel left her. What an incredible story. I want you to notice that the angel tries to calm Mary down, right? Tries to calm her fears, even 
going so far as to saying that she's not, she doesn't have to go through this alone, that her cousin is bearing a child as well. Isn't that just like Jesus? Isn't that just like God? Removing fear was at the core of Christ coming to earth and removing fear is at the heart of Christmas. The angel has a final message for Mary that rings true for us through the years. Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. is unimaginable with God. Are there things going on in your world right now, things that are bringing about fear? I want to encourage you this morning to grasp, to grab, to hold, to embrace that nothing is unimaginable with God. Friends, Christmas is really a uniting between the divine and the humanity that only happened one time in all of history. It was likely a crazy moment for all of the people back then. All that was spoken of by the prophets and the angels about the Messiah to come, the Apostle John confirms that Jesus can and will quiet us with his love. Have you ever had that moment where you were speaking and you were just full of anxiety and full of fear and someone just said, shh, 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 relax, be still, be quiet. I understand, I hear you. And that is what Jesus came to do. He came to quiet us with his love. First John chapter 5 Verses 1 through 5 in the message translation says every person who believes that Jesus is, in fact, the Messiah, is God begotten. If we love the one who conceives the child, we surely love the child who was conceived. The reality test on whether or not we love God's children is this. Do we love God? Do we keep his commands? The proof that we love God comes when we keep his commandments and they are not all that troublesome. Every God-begotten person conquers the world's ways. The conquering power that brings the world to his knees is our faith. The person who wins out over the world's ways is simply the one who believes Jesus is the son of God. In other words, we are victorious, church. We will be victorious despite the circumstances, despite what's happening in our world, despite the chaos. We are victorious because of our faith in Jesus. The season of the Messiah is about rejoicing in our salvation. It's about loving God and loving others. It's about the restoration for those who believe and a message of reconciliation, of forgiveness for those who have yet to believe. 
Jesus is quieting us with his love. This is all about finding that place in the Christmas narrative where we fully understand that Christ came to this world and shared our common humanity because we were that important to him. We were that important to him. We mattered to God. We mattered to Jesus. He did not have to come, right? He did not need to be, there did not need to be a Christmas. God could have let this played out a bunch of all, a bunch of different ways, any way he wanted. But what was important to God, what was impossible connection, something real, something that we can grab onto, something that we can hold onto and anchor ourselves to between creation and the creator. Between Christmas and Calvary, when Jesus died on the cross, Jesus let the hardest part of the plan play itself out. To take all of the burden to the cross and let it die there with him. To take our sins, our wrongdoings, to pin it on the cross, to pay the ransom for the times that we messed up. And have that slate cleaned. Isn't that just incredible? When you fully understand that, isn't that just unimaginable that he would love us so much and do that for us? Let me wrap this up, church. I want to ask you, this Christmas to consider the unimaginable with me. To consider the instead of seeing the lights and trees and presents and decorations and the roasted pork and the turkey and the pasteles and the tamales and and all of that yummy stuff that we do. What if instead of seeing the, the music and the lights? What if instead of seeing just a baby in the manger and the shepherds and the angels and the familiar characters of the story like the donkey and the sheep posse and the Chick-fil-A cow? What if instead of seeing all of the normal parts of Christmas, you and I choose to see a Messiah who would go through the most difficult circumstances one could imagine to quiet you with his love. Let's be real here this morning. I'm not pretending that this world is not chaotic right now. I'm not pretending that the things that are happening in 2020 are are not real. I'm not pretending that your financial circumstances have not been impacted. I'm not pretending that people that you love and care for are not in the hospital or at home bedridden. Because the truth is, sometimes we want to mask what's going on in our world with, with, with a Band-Aid. 
we want to put a Band-Aid, you know, a Christmas Band-Aid or Christmas wrapping paper and pretend like everything is perfect. But I'm not asking you to do that today. What I'm asking you to do is what if we took our attention and our focus this Christmas season and began to put it on the Messiah and what he came to do, what he came to fulfill, the title that he came to have, which is to be the savior of the world. What if we focused this Christmas on that? That he came here to quiet you with his love, to quiet the chaos in your world with his love. What if we fully embraced the baby as savior and allowed that reality to change us? What if we said, Jesus, man, you came down to save us because you loved us. And in saving us, you came to bring us peace, hope, joy, and love. I believe with all my heart that would make a difference in your life, that that would make a difference in your world. Again, not pretending that things aren't going crazy, but shifting our focus and our attention attention, and allowing God to bless us with his son, our Messiah, our Savior, Jesus. What if some of you here, I don't know everyone here, but what if some of you here this Christmas did something that you've never done before? And that is say yes to Jesus. Yes to his love. Yes to his hope. Yes to his peace. And yes to his joy. Because the truth is, there is no Christmas tree. There is no decoration. There is no Christmas meal. There's no present in this world that can bring you what only Jesus can bring you. Scott Erickson said this, what we see in Jesus is a spirituality that is grounded in the never-ending spring love, spring of love that was the source of everything that he did. In other words, everything that came out of Jesus was based out of love for you and I. Everything that oozed out of him, every sweat, every tear, every prayer, every ounce of blood, every ounce of work, every word that he spoke out was spoken in love for you and I. It was a source that enabled him to forgive the haters. We have haters. Oh yeah, we have haters. 
It was the source that emboldened him to meet others in their pain. And Jesus is saying, man, because of his love, he will meet you in your pain, in your discomfort, in your trials, and in your tribulation. It was the source that ignited him to speak hope into a culture desperate for a new way. Oh, church. I'm speaking to someone this morning. I believe that we're in this culture that we live in today. We are desperate for something new, something fresh, something that God and God alone can do. It was the source that empowered him to lay down his own life for those that he loved, mainly humanity. That's you and I. May it be known that the giver of existence took the same risk we all have to take daily to be seen and known as the person we really are. The risk of incarnation, the risk of being real, the risk of being a human is the risk of love. Church, without love, we don't have anything. We are empty without love. And so I want to close this up here real simple. I'm on a time limit here. And I'm just going to cut right to it. I love Christmas and I love everything that it stands for. I love the hoopla. I love the Santa. I love it all. But what I love more is Jesus. What I love more is understanding each and every day more and more what he did for me. And I know I'm handsome and I know I'm very well liked, but he didn't do it just for me. I'm special. My wife says, really special. But he didn't just do it for me. He did it for everyone here on this platform. He did it for my tech guys. He did it for the children. And he did it for each and every single one of you, whether you're here physically or you're at home. He loved you that much. And he wanted you to experience hope, peace, joy, and love. But here's the thing. You cannot experience it. You cannot fully grasp it. You cannot fully engage in it until you're in a relationship with him. Until you're in a relationship with your savior. And so if you're here this very moment and if you're at home watching us, if you've never said yes to Jesus, In other words, if you've never said yes to to hope, to peace, to joy, to his love, I want to give you this incredible, unimaginable opportunity to be in a relationship with the Savior of this world. No, you don't have a card to flash and there, there are no monetary, monetary, uh, blessings that, that, that come immediately right then. I say, oh, I gotta say yes to Jesus. Where's my money? Where's my gift? No, he begins to do incredible things inside of you first. So if you're here today, I want everybody's head, to, heads to be bowed and eyes to be closed. If you're at home, just stay on with us. I got a few more minutes here. 
If you're here, if you've never said yes to Jesus and you want to take this opportunity to do so, it's as simple as just raising your hand and I will guide you through this next step. If you've never said yes to Jesus and you want to do that today, just raise your hand. Nobody's looking. This is between you and I and Jesus. Amen. Amen. If you're at home and you raise your hand, if you're here and raised your hand, I want you to just repeat after me this simple prayer. And I want everybody to join us this morning. Dear Jesus, I acknowledge you as my Savior. You have forgiven me of my sins. And I'm to choose a path to be different and do different. I want to follow you. I want to surrender my heart to you. I want to experience hope, peace, joy, and love. And may this Christmas be focused on you, my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. If you are here today, if you are online, we want to celebrate you. This incredible decision that you have made to allow Jesus to to be in an incredible relationship with you. We want to help you along this journey. And so we ask that you find us before you leave. Get in contact with us. We want to connect with you and walk this journey out.